You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Well, hey, y'all. Thanks for joining me on this Thursday. And uh, I want to take just a moment and invite you to join me at Eastside on a campus or online this weekend as we continue in the series Upstream, looking at the most countercultural counterintuitive teaching about how to find true happiness ever given. It's Jesus' words in the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount, and you can find our locations and times at eastside.com. So we've been talking about anger this week from James chapter 1, where the brother of Jesus says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. It's good to slow down and listen, really listen to people, because so often there's a backstory, there's a underlying story that we need to understand. The late Stephen Covey writes about writing one Sunday morning on a subway in New York City. People were sitting quietly, some reading, some lost in thought, some resting with their eyes closed, and it was a calm, peaceful scene. Then suddenly, a man and his children entered the subway car, and the children were so loud and rambunctious that instantly the whole climate changed. The man sat down next to Covey and and closed his eyes, apparently oblivious to the situation. The children were yelling back and forth, throwing things, even grabbing people's papers. It, It was very disturbing. And yet the man next to Covey did absolutely nothing. Covey was so irritated and couldn't believe that this dad would be so insensitive to let his kids run wild like that, doing nothing, taking no responsibility. Everyone else on the subway was irritated too, so finally, with what Covey felt was unusual patience and restraint, he turned to the dad and said, Sir, your children are really disturbing a lot of people. I wonder if you couldn't control them a little more. The man all of a sudden became conscious of the situation for the first time, and he said softly, he said, Oh, you're right. I guess I should do something about it. We, We just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago, and I don't know what to think, and I guess they don't know how to handle it either. And in that moment, Covey suddenly saw things differently. He he thought differently. He felt differently about that man and his children. In that moment, he reinterpreted his rage. One of the most famous chapters in the Bible is 1 Corinthians 13. You know what we call that chapter? The love chapter. Love is the highest aim in life. And 1 Corinthians 13 says that love is patient. When you love people, you're patient with people. And friends, if you're a follower of Jesus, God the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, reminding you, nudging you, convicting you to be lovingly patient with people. Proverbs 14, 29 says, those who are patient have great understanding. If you want to be more patient with people, the key is understanding people so so you can reinterpret your rage. Those difficult people in your life weren't just born that way, but Somewhere along the way, they've suffered from hurt, frustration, or fear, usually very deeply. Some of you have had difficult parents, parents devoid of emotion or extremely stern parents, and and they frustrated you. But I'll bet if you looked closely at their parents and their brothers and sisters, you would gain some understanding of what shaped them into who they are, and maybe it would help you reinterpret some of your rage. Maybe that boss who's so critical and difficult to work for and who tests your patience every day lives with the fear of failure. 
Maybe he or she's insecure. Maybe they had a father who they could never please, and now they're driven by this unhealthy sense of trying to prove their worth every day. It doesn't excuse the way he or she treats you, but it does help you reinterpret your rage. Maybe that wife who nags, nags, nags is just so frustrated by seemingly endless days at work and then evenings full of cleaning, cooking, chauffeuring, soccer practices, but she feels that there's never a break, never a time for replenishment. But, and that's why she takes it out on you. Love is patient, and a patient person has great understanding. It's amazing when you take the time to understand a person that you begin to become more patient with them. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts start changing your perspective on those people and giving you a sense of compassion and tolerance and patience. And instead of losing your cool, you start thinking, how can I help them? How can I serve them? Because love is patient. God, I can only imagine if love-fueled patience was a greater part of our relational world what could happen in our work relationships, in our families, in our marriages, in our friendships, in our neighborhoods, even in our country, God. Help us to love more. Help us to remember that love is patient and to exercise patience today, knowing there's an, there's an understory, there's a backstory to so much of the hurt that people are expressing in their lives. And I pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Hey, we've almost made it through another week. Tomorrow's Friday. I'll see you then.